0: Robbie, where are your glasses? He came into the room covered in sweat and dirt and grass and having everything except his glasses, which apparently, in wrestling in the backyard, he had lost somewhere. Where are your glasses? Do you remember where you found them? Where you lost them? He had no clue. So his mom, this was down in Florida, his mom and me and his grandmother and his brother and sister, we all went outside and we started looking for his glasses. We searched everywhere. He had no clue. I mean, they could be, they could be anywhere outside. We had no idea where they, where they even possibly were. They had been wrestling all over the yard, front yard, backyard, everything. Have you been in this situation before? Looking for the glasses. Well, we finally found the glasses. And when I picked them up, I noticed one of the lenses was missing. So we found the glasses, but the glasses weren't any good because one of the lenses was missing. The glasses were a little bit crumpled up, so we, we, just, we almost gave up. We thought, there's no way we could possibly find this, this lens. But we searched for hours looking for, this, for these glasses, and it started to get dark. When it finally got dark, we had to give up. Went inside, and we just chalked it up to we're going to have to get the kid new glasses, and he's going to have to look out of one eye. Um, The one eye he can see out of. Well, later on that night, I thought, you know, maybe if I take my flashlight outside, it'll reflect off of the lens, and I'll find it. So I took my flashlight. which is a Streamlight, which if you like flashlights, a really good flashlight. And I went outside and started to look. And it wasn't very long before I saw something reflecting and walked over and found the lens. And there was great rejoicing. (laughs) We were really excited to find this lens. When something's lost, and you find it, it makes you feel great, doesn't it? I mean, I still have a leather jacket that I lost years ago, and I still hold out hope that I'm going to find that leather jacket someday. But Laurie tells me I'm crazy. And I probably am. (laughs) Probably never going to find that leather jacket. But when something's lost and we find it, we rejoice. Jesus tells three parables in our passage today. And these three parables have the exact same message. And that message is this. God finds lost people. God finds lost people. That is the same message in each of these three parables Would you join me in prayer? Let's ask the Lord to meet with us and speak to us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we might feel lost today. We might not feel lost. We might feel like we've got everything going really well in life, or we might be frantically searching for something. Lord, I pray that you will speak to us by your Holy Spirit, that you will. Awaken our hearts to hear from you today, that you will speak your words to us through your scripture. God, we we praise you that you are a God who seeks to find those who are lost. Lord, find us today, wherever we're coming from, find us, in Jesus' name, amen. So do you remember the first parable? The first parable is a story about the shepherd who, who has how many sheep? He has 100, right? He has 100 sheep, and he leaves the 99, and he goes out to find the one lost sheep. And when he finds it, do you remember what he does? Lifts it up on his shoulders, carries it home, calls together all of his friends, and rejoices. There's great rejoicing because he found the one lost sheep, the heart of a shepherd. Do you remember the second parable? It's about the woman. The woman has 10 coins. Now these must have been valuable coins to her, right? She lost 10% of her wealth. She lost one of those 10 coins. And she swept the house. She got out a you remember what she used to find it? A lantern. She lit a lantern, kind of like kind of like me when I had that flashlight and I was looking around to see if I could see if I could see it reflecting off the ground. Well, that's what she does. She lights a lamp, she goes out and she finds the lost coin. And when she finds it, she calls together her friends and her family, and she says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. And they have a party. Everyone celebrates. What about the third parable? It's the story of the lost son. The son says, dad, give me everything that's coming. And he takes it, and he sticks around for a day or two, and then he decides, I can't really spend this money like I want to spend it in my dad's house. So he heads off to where? The far country. Say that with me. The far country. He heads off to the far country, and when he gets there, he spends all of it within a few weeks, it seems, just in reckless living. That's where we get the word prodigal, right? It it means wasteful. He, he, He wastes all of that money that he had been given on wasteful living. And then what happens after that? He gets poor. He, gets, he becomes poor, right? And he has nowhere to go. So instead of going back home, what does he do? He hires himself out to a farmer in that land. And the, and the best job he could find was less than minimum wage. It was feeding the pigs. So he goes out and he feeds the pigs. And he's sitting there thinking, man, the servants at my father's house have it better than this. I mean, I could, I could go back and Asked my dad for a job. And, and I wouldn't ask to be a son. I'd just ask to be a servant. And I'd go back and, and my life would be so much better. So he, so he decides he's going to go back. And when he was a long way off, what does the father do? What does he do? He runs to him. He runs to him and, and, he, and he, he hugs him. And just before he can get the words out of his mouth, you know, he's already prepared his speech, right? What he's going to say. Before he can get the words out of his mouth, his father embraces him and says, Bring my best robe. Kill the fatted calf, the one we've been saving up for a big celebration. Let's rejoice, for this son of mine was what? Dead. And now he is alive. He was lost. And now he's found. Three parables with the same message. God finds lost people. The third parable gives us a little bit of insight into what it means to be lost. And we find that there's really not one lost son, but there's two lost sons, right? There's two lost sons. There's the, there's the younger son who's, who's obviously lost, he runs away. And then there's the older son who's lost in his own way. There's two kinds of lost people. There's the irreligious, those who just do what feels right, disregard God and run off and do whatever they want. They live full of passion, but they have no commitment to what's right. They have no commitment to what God wants for them. We'll call them the younger brother or the irreligious. And then the second kind of lost person is the religious person, like the older brother who always does just what's right because it's right. I just do what's right because it's right. I've always done what's right. That's what he says to his father, right? Remember that? He says, I've always done what's right. They're committed, but they they don't have any passion for the relationship. I was people watching at a mall one time. You guys ever do that? Anybody people watch? Just sit down and it's not, that, it's not really creepy as it sounds, you know. You're, you're sitting there watching, watching people move around, do their thing, and just kind of enjoy the curiosity of what people are doing. Now, it, it could go wrong, okay, but if you're in public sitting around watching people, it's okay. So I was watching people, and there was a restaurant across the way, and I noticed that there was a young couple, and they were just apparently on a date, maybe they've been on a few dates, but they were all over each other, okay? It was, it was, a, little, it was a little embarrassing how, how much PDA was going on between this, between this young couple. But it was obvious that they, that they were passionate about each other. They loved each other. But I noticed they didn't have a wedding ring on. And so they were passionate, but they weren't committed to each other, at least not yet. Right? They were passionate, but they weren't committed. And as I was sitting there, I had this epiphany, right? I, I looked over and I saw this other couple, a little bit older couple. And they were sitting there. Both of them were on their phones. And they were married. I could tell they had wedding rings on. But they didn't even look at each other. And, and, and I sat there a long time waiting and observing them. They never interacted at all. They were committed, but they didn't have any passion for each other, at least not that day, right? We're not going to judge their entire marriage based on one, uh, one moment. But it was this moment of seeing, you know, there's, there's passion in this young couple, but no commitment. And there's this deep commitment, this lifelong commitment, but no passion. And it's kind of like the younger brother and the older brother. It's kind of like the two kinds of lost people. There's the irreligious who are passionate about life, but not committed to God, not committed to God's way. Like the younger brother was passionate about going out and living his life, but he wasn't committed to his father's will. He wasn't committed to his father's way. And what ended up happening in that situation is it all fell apart, right? Just like a a romantic affair that, that lasts for a while, but then it all falls apart and comes crashing down and leaves lives destroyed. The irreligious lost person but the religious lost person is like the older couple you know he's doing everything right but he despises his father he, he's he doesn't have a passion for the love that his father has for him he doesn't reciprocate that love that his father has for him even though he's super committed and so many religious people are like that right They're super committed to doing what's right, to doing the right thing, to following the rules, to to dotting every I and crossing every T, but there's no passion. So where do you find yourself today? Do you find yourself more like the younger couple, more like the younger brother who has great passion but you're just not sure you want to be committed to all that God asks you to be committed to? Or maybe you're like the older couple or the older brother And you're here, man. You're sitting in the chair. You showed up. You show up every week. But the passion, the passion for God has has really fallen off. It's not there. Maybe you used to have it, but you don't feel it anymore. Well, friends, there is good news today from Jesus Christ. And that good news is that God finds lost people. Whether you're an older brother who's lost in doing what's right or whether you're a younger brother who's lost in doing what feels right, God finds lost people. He comes after the lost. He's like that shepherd. He goes after the lost sheep. He's like that woman. He goes and sweeps the house and finds the lost coin. He's like the father who runs out to find his lost son. The younger son and the older son, as we will see. So how do you know you're lost? We want to look at three signs. Three signs that you might be lost. The first one is this. You demand your rights. You demand your rights. Look at what the... Look at what the, um, the younger brother says to his father. He says... Father... Give me the share of property that's coming to me. Give me the share of the property that's coming to me. Do you know when normally an inheritance would be given? When would an inheritance normally be given? At the father's death, right? This son, this younger son, in all of his passion for life, disregards his father and says, I wish you were dead, just give me what's coming to me. Give it to me now. He demands his rights. And look at the older brother. The older brother hears a party going on, remember at the end of the story, and he, and he comes back and he says, what is going on? And the servant comes out and tells him, look, your brother who was dead is, is alive. He, he was lost and now he's found and we're having a celebration. Your father killed the fatted calf for him. And the older brother, instead of rejoicing, instead of joining in the party, he his father comes out to him and he says, you never gave me even a goat, much less the fatted calf. You never gave me what what I deserve. So, So irreligion says, God, I don't care about you, just give me what's coming to me. And religion says, God, I don't care about you, just give me what I have earned. Give me what I deserve. We treat God like a coke machine you go up to a coke machine you take out your dollar 25 or whatever it costs now you put the money in press the button and out pops out pops the coke when you pay the fee you get the soda it's just the way it works with a soda machine and sometimes we treat god that way we demand our rights god i have served you i have i have prayed, I have gone to church, I have been a good husband, I have been a good mother, I have been a good grandmother, I have done everything I'm supposed to do. How could you let this happen to me in my life? We demand, God, I've done my part. I've put in my coins. Now where is my reward? We feel that way about God. That is the mindset of a lost person. When we demand our rights that's the first sign you demand your rights the second sign you keep your distance you know what happens to that younger brother he he took a journey and he went to a far country he didn't he didn't want to be near his father because he wanted to do things that he knew his father would not approve of right so he went to a far country he kept his distance what about the older brother? How did he keep his distance? Remember at the end of the story, he stays outside. He doesn't go in. He doesn't want any part of the relationship. He doesn't want any part of the father's joy. He just stays outside and he pouts and he's angry. He keeps his distance. I remember when I was in middle school. Kids, I want you all to listen to this part, okay? When you, were, when, you were, when, you, um, when you know what your parents tell you you can't do, Sometimes your friends can do what your parents tell you you can't do. You know what I'm saying? You know, what I'm saying? Sometimes your parents say you can't watch that TV show. But you know your friend who lives down the street, he can watch that TV show and he talks about it all the time. And I want to know what's up with this, with this cool TV show that all these other kids uh, get to see. My parents won't let me see them. So what do you do? Well, sometimes we act like the younger brother in this story, don't we? We go down to our friend's house. Mom, can I go to my friend's house? Sure. But you know what's going on. You know what, you know what you're going to do. When you get there, you know your friend is playing that video game. And you know that you're going to join in and play that video game with them. You know they're going to watch that TV show. You're going to join in and watch that TV show. Sinning against your parents, right? Newsflash, your parents do it too. We do it too. We do it in a different way. But a lost attitude, a lost person keeps their distance, right? You wouldn't do that in your own home unless you were hiding back in your room somewhere doing what you're not supposed to. But you go to a far country, you go to a distant country, and that's where you exercise that liberty and that freedom and that disobedience. You keep your distance. The younger brother does what feels right. And in the moment, it feels good, right? He, he has all kinds of enjoyment out of his life. And what he, what he does, he's like that young couple that's just passionate about each other. But what happens in the end, y'all? What happens to the younger brother in the end, kids? Where does he end up? Where does he end up? You can say it, it's okay. Okay. Where does he end up? I couldn't hear. Yeah. He ends up at the end, but before that. He's with, the, he's with the pigs, right? He's with the pigs. He squanders everything. And he ends up realizing, man, what I thought was going to be awesome, like that TV show I thought was going to be awesome, now I've got nightmares. That game I thought was going to be awesome, now I can't stop thinking about how how awful I feel. That relationship that I ran to, I can't stop feeling guilty about it. It didn't really fill me up the way that I thought it would. Lost. Keeping your distance. Passion, but no commitment. Commitment. And what about the older brother? I mean, he kept his distance from his father, and he missed out on the party. He was sulking. In his, he, was, he was outside angry, and he missed out on the joy of salvation, the joy of his brother coming home. So sometimes, if you're lost, you, you demand your rights. You say, give me what I deserve right now, God. And sometimes we keep our distance and we say, I'm going to go away and do what I want to do. I'm going to disregard what you want me to do, God. And then third, you rely on yourself. One of the signs that you're lost is that you just rely on yourself. You think, if I'm going to make something of my life, I've got to do it. I've got to be the one to do it. Look Look at the younger brother. He goes off to a far country Everything falls apart, and what does he say? I'm going to hire myself out to a farmer. I'm going to fix this. I can fix this. It's broken. I, I am in complete, my life is in a complete disaster, but I can fix this. So he pulls himself up by his own bootstraps, right? And he, and he, tries, to, he, he tries to solve his problem by, he, by hiring himself out, but it doesn't work, right? And then he comes to his senses, sort of. And he says, I'm gonna go back to my father, but what's his plan? His plan is the same. He's gonna hire himself out to his father. He doesn't understand the love of his father. He's he's driven by his own self reliance. I'm gonna fix this problem, I'm gonna fix it. And he goes back to his father with that attitude. He's not repenting, he's not repenting yet. And what about the older brother, the religious older brother who's always done everything right? What he, how does he rely on himself? Well, isn't it obvious? He says, Father, I've never disobeyed you. I've, I've done everything you've ever asked me to do. Why don't you give me a party? I've earned it. He's relying on himself. He's done everything right. And yet, he too doesn't recognize the love of the Father. He too doesn't recognize the passion and the kindness and the grace of the Father that is extended to him as well. There's good news, friends. There's good news. If you find yourself demanding your rights if you find yourself keeping your distance from God, if you find yourself relying on yourself to make yourself better, and you're tired and you're frustrated, there's good news. God finds lost people. Just like the shepherd went to look for that lost sheep, the sheep didn't turn around and find himself. The shepherd went to find him. The woman searched for the lost coin. The father ran to his son, And threw him a party. He went out to his older son. And he said, all I have is yours. I love you. Come in and rejoice. Your brother was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. You see that? The the image of of God who goes out and finds lost people in the midst of their demands, in the midst of their distance, in the midst of their self-reliance. He goes out. To us. He comes to us and he rescues us and he calls us back into a relationship with him. And friends, the way that God did this most clearly is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was sent from heaven to earth to seek and to save that which was lost. And Jesus did not demand his own rights. No, but he laid down his rights, didn't he? He laid down everything that, that he deserved. He laid it down and he became man. And he, and, he, and he entered into the suffering of this life to the point of death on a cross. He laid down his rights. And he didn't keep his distance. No, he drew near. I mean, this story begins with these words. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to Jesus. Why? Because He was drawing near to them. Jesus loves to draw near to sinners and people who've made a wreck of their lives, whether they're older brothers or younger brothers. Thank God. He draws near. He doesn't keep His distance he goes to a far country to draw near to us. Those whom God is calling back home. Those whom God is seeking to save and to find. And Jesus in his life, he didn't rely on himself like we do. He relied on his heavenly father. Jesus spent so much time in prayer. He, sent, he spent so much time looking to his Father, seeking to follow his Father's will. And the testimony of the Scripture is that he did that perfectly. That he perfectly relied on God in everything and every way. We don't do that, but Jesus did it. And the way we can be saved is by putting our trust in Him. By just receiving His grace. Receiving His love. How can we be found? When we come to our senses and we realize, you know, yeah, I have been demanding my own way. I've been demanding my own rights. I, I have been keeping my distance from God. I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of God. I've been keeping my distance. I, I, I don't want God to see what I want to do. So I've been keeping my distance. I'm going to admit that. I have been relying on myself. I think I can can do this life on my own. I've been relying on myself. Admit that to God. Admit. Admit all those things. And then believe and receive the extravagant grace of the Father who comes to you and offers you forgiveness and restoration and new life in His household. Come back and enjoy the party. The Father invites you to that feast. And all we have to do is simply believe. And I know many of you have believed that you have committed to the relationship with your heavenly father, but but do you let it do you let it pierce your heart? Do you let it change the way that you live your life? Do you do you allow the commitment that God has made to you to drive you to passionately live for him? To out of gratitude for what he's done for you to live Found. To live found. Not lost, but to live found. To let the love of Jesus drive you. To no longer demand your own rights, but, but for you to lay down your rights. To go to your neighbor and say, you know, you need this more than I do. Let me help you. To, to lay down your rights and to give to other people. To serve. Isn't this what God's called his people to do? Not as a duty, but as a delight. And rather than keeping our distance from people who we find distasteful, doesn't the love of God empower us to go near to people, to actually draw near to people who maybe are different than us? Maybe they have different values or a different culture. Maybe they're our next door neighbor. But we've been keeping our distance and, and the love of God commands us and enables us and empowers us to draw near. Just like Jesus did to the, to the sinners and tax collectors because that's us. That, that, that's us. We are the ones who have received his grace. So we, we don't need to keep our distance any longer. Church, we don't need to keep our distance from this community, North Charleston. We, we can go to them. We can go to our neighbor. And we don't have to rely on ourselves anymore. You don't have to get it all together to come to Jesus. I invited a, a young man to, to come to church at New City, and he said, he said, well, I've been trying to do better. I'm like, I, I said, do you want to you come to church with me? He said, yeah, well, I've been trying to do better. As if he's got to get it all together before he can come to church. Do we give that impression? good news of the father's love is that even if we do give that impression the father comes to us he comes out to us older brothers and he says this son was lost and now he's found he was dead and now he's alive come in and join the feast come in and join the feast two rivers church God's word for us today is that God finds lost people. God finds lost it's not up to you. God finds lost people. Let us go from here today and live found. Would you pray with me? Father You are the prodigal. You are the one who extravagantly loves each of us. You're the one who wastefully spends all of Your grace on people like us who don't deserve it. Father, would You rekindle our passion for You today? For those who have never Received your grace. For those who have never committed their lives to you by faith. Would you call them to faith today? Or may someone today come to their senses and, and come back to you being found by you. God, I pray that this church would be a church of found people. Who go out and represent your call to, to seek those who are lost, knowing that you are a good God and a good Father who pours out your grace abundantly. Lord, may we not require people to get their lives together before they come into our lives in fellowship with you. May we never require that, but may we enjoy the party and the feast of your grace. Lord, do that work in us. We pray. Lord, we can't do it on our own. We We need to rely on You. Do that work in us, Lord Jesus. And even now, Father, as we come to this table, I pray, Lord, that You would would spiritually feed our hearts, that You would draw near to us, commune with us by Your Holy Spirit, strengthen us to live as You have called us to live by faith.